You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number 41. Well, hey there, Amy here. Happy Monday. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Happy and Healthy Podcast. So tomorrow is election day. Are you planning to vote in person or have you voted already? Because it looks like almost 94 million people have already cast their vote. And have you noticed that the last few weeks, the news has been covering all things related to the ballots, from problems with mail delivery to voter fraud and voter suppression. And my thoughts on this, well, it's to stop worrying. Because really, worrying about this isn't helpful, and it's a waste of your energy. Seriously, this is a perfect time to practice focusing on what you can control and letting go of the rest. So at this point, if you have an absentee or mail-in ballot and you haven't already mailed it and you're worried about it arriving on time so that it can be counted, instead of worrying about the U.S. Postal Service, it's time to take matters into your own hands. You can personally drop it off at the nearest official Dropbox location or ask someone you trust to do it for you. And that's what you can control. And remember, the news is really great at focusing on problems or potential problems. And well, because of our own negativity bias, we're really inclined to pay far more attention to the negative, right? Now, If you're concerned about voter suppression or voter fraud, as the news keeps covering it, and there's something that you can do about it, like volunteer or stand in line to vote in person, then do that. Otherwise, any energy you spend on worrying without taking meaningful action becomes wasted energy. Seriously, our time is precious, so let's use it wisely. Worrying about something you have no control over is only hurting yourself. It causes our stress levels to rise. It releases cortisol levels, which does a number on things like um, our blood pressure and triggers our body to store fat in our midsection. So worrying is kind of like resentment. And as Carrie Fisher once said, Resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So the other aspect of this election that's worth noting is the number of cities right now that are bracing themselves for violence. So as a former owner of a brick and mortar, plenty of merchants that I know are boarding up their windows in preparation for the protests that, well, these days seem to inevitably devolve into riots and looting, right? As if running a brick and mortar business hasn't been hard enough already in 2020. Look, I understand that protests 
are a reflection of anger and frustration, a feeling like you're not being heard and of wanting change. But while violence will get attention, it will not solve the problem. And no doubt if you're listening to this particular podcast, Happy and Healthy, you already know this. However, what I want to point out here is that if you truly understand the learning cycle that I've been talking about in this podcast, you also know that no one can make you feel angry and frustrated. Let me repeat that. No one can make you feel angry and frustrated, just as no one can make you happy. It's your interpretation of the situation that creates that emotion. So just think about how empowering that is. So take, for example, the video of the president at a campaign rally last week who ended up saying, you know, our doctors get more money if someone dies from COVID. You know that, right? I mean, our doctors are very smart people. So what they do is they say, I'm sorry, but you know, everybody dies of COVID. But in Germany and other places, if you have a heart attack or you have cancer, you're terminally ill, you catch COVID, they say you died of cancer. You died of a heart attack. With us, when in doubt, choose COVID. It's like $2,000 more, so you get more money. This could only happen to us. Now, if you take what he said as is, it's really easy to interpret it as a commentary or criticism of doctors as smart and greedy, work in the system, rather than good people on the front lines, putting their own health and those of their loved ones on the line. Now, if you consider what John Stewart said in a New York Times Magazine article from June of this year, he said, 24-hour news networks are built for one thing, and that's 9-11. There are very few events that would justify being covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So in the absence of urgency, they have to create it. You create urgency through conflict. Now, I also suspect if you attended that rally or read the entire transcript, this statement is taken out of context, right? In context, it was probably about how the number of cases and the reported deaths attributed to COVID-19 is probably higher in the U.S. because of things like our reimbursement policies. It was probably a criticism of bills passed by Democrats and Republicans, right, that he signed that provides funding for hospitals treating COVID patients. And you have to remember back in March, elective procedures of all kinds were canceled. So hospitals took a really big financial hit. And the bill was about taking care of these hospitals. And if you listen carefully, the president almost said hospitals. So why he chose to focus on doctors? Mm, I have no doubt he also knows how to play with the media, that it would make a good soundbite. And well, 
is his intention to use language that polarizes and energizes his base? (laughs) Well, of course. But if you're a physician or know someone who is, I would ask you to consider not just what is being said, but to be curious about the context. If nothing else, to prevent needless suffering. Again, this is about our interpretations. And mind you, I'm not saying your interpretation is inaccurate if what he said upsets or frustrates you. But I really want you to also consider, does it serve you? Does it help you determine what next step to take that's in your own best interest? So this same recommendation goes for later, whether it's tomorrow night or a few weeks from now. If you're not happy with the election results and wind up feeling like eating sheet cake like Tina Fey, I want you to remember what Jen Sincero says. What you choose to focus on becomes your reality. And what I believe now more than ever before is that we truly need to shift our focus to finding ways to heal rather than spending time on words that merely create more division and more suffering. So another example that will no doubt be part of the conversation in coming days is about Black Lives Matter. So while I believe that Black Lives Matter has become a movement about racial equality, there are still representatives from this organization chanting things like, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. And Rashad Turner, who's an organizer for Black Lives Matter in St. Paul, actually told the Associated Press that no one was advocating violence against law enforcement. That this chant was meant to call for similar treatment between black people and police officers. So personally, I think that's an insult to our intelligence and to the thousands and thousands of men, women, and children who marched in support of the movement for racial equality. So if you have friends and family who are in law enforcement and can't get behind Black Lives Matter, maybe this gives you some insight as to why. At the same time, just as I noted in the speech about doctors, when you look at the larger context, the message and movement that motivated thousands and thousands of men, women, and children of all creeds and colors to march together for weeks on end. The message in the movement was about equality and the United States living up to its ideals of a more perfect union. And we may have different ideas about how to get there, But we can all, I hope, get behind the goal of treating each other the way we want to be treated ourselves. So what do we need to heal and unite? That's, I think, the bigger question. 
And I just had this conversation over the weekend. If you have a strong opinion on a subject, as this election has probably brought to the forefront, and you really want to sway someone else's way of thinking, your best bet is to start by listening more and asking more questions. It's being genuinely curious and really to seek to understand rather than to be understood. And if you find yourself talking at someone, if you find yourself talking more and not really so much explaining as you are lecturing, then think about it this way. It's one thing to attend a lecture, it's another to be lectured. I know of no one that enjoys being lectured to. So again, we gotta listen more and seek to understand. If you wanna sway someone else's opinion, that person has to feel heard and understood first. And if you understand that, if you understand where they're coming from, it will change how you address the issue. And you may still wind up disagreeing, don't get me wrong, but that feeling of mutual respect and understanding will go a long way toward moving forward. And so the second part about moving forward is really about healing. And I'm thinking about both your own journey, if you're still beating yourself up over something from your past, and about something like racial equality. We must also forgive. We have this real tendency to look backwards and try to change the past. And in many ways, that's what reparations for slavery are all about. And in many ways, that's the downfall of so many marriages and failed relationships as well. Because we can't change the past. We can only change what happens going forward. We can only control what we choose to do today that may lead to a better future outcome. So as Dr. Maya Angelou said, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Notice she didn't say, oh, let's dwell on it for a long time. And she didn't say, beat yourself up, even though you can't change it. Just think about all the emotional energy that you may still have tied up in the past when you hold on to old hurts. And what true forgiveness can actually provide, right? True forgiveness isn't about forgetting. It's actually a release that frees us from the past. It's permanent and it really lets the past be over. And with true forgiveness, that's when I believe the real healing can begin. When we stop trying to fix the past 
and instead explore ideas that focus on building the future we want. So with election day tomorrow, my hope is that you vote, number one, and number two, you practice some TLC. And if you find yourself in a conversation with someone about politics or your relationship or even with yourself, I want you to remember this quote from the Buddhist tradition. A statement endowed with five factors is well-spoken, not ill-spoken. It is blameless and unfaulted by knowledgeable people. Which five? It is spoken at the right time. It is spoken in truth. It is spoken affectionately. It is spoken beneficially. It is spoken with a mind of goodwill. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B.com. And sign up for a free 20-minute coaching session with me. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.